0: Do you like sci-fi, fantasy, action-adventure, and comic books, then you've come to the right place for your weekly dose of anything and everything geek. So strap in and let's get this show on the road. Welcome to the Science Fictionary Podcast.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Science Fictionary Podcast. I'm David and I'm joined tonight by Andrew.
0: What's going on, everybody?
1: And Marisha. Hello, hello. We've got a very superhero heavy episode tonight, as a lot of our episodes are lately. That's just is mostly what's happening uh, in, in the world of of, of nerdy stuff. Uh, but we do have some rings of power topics we wanna we wanna talk a little bit about. Um, but first, uh, I, I want to give a little quick couple sentence review of the she-hulk finale because we're gonna do a full review episode of it on our youtube channel the science fictionary but uh right here we want to talk about it a little bit because me and andrew have both seen it marisha has not seen it so we're gonna do a spoiler free uh review of the she-hulk finale and maybe some thoughts on the the show overall real quick and until we move on to our our other stuff so uh andrew i'll, I'll ask you what did you think of the She-Hulk finale?
0: Um, I thought it was really clever. Uh, I thought that with what little knowledge I have of those comic books, I think they pulled really heavily from the pages, the conceptual pages of of the She-Hulk comics and the way that she interacts and and kind of burst through frames occasionally to to break the fourth wall and I thought it was really clever I thought it was the best episode of the show really I think kind of ending what I felt overall was a relatively mediocre sitcom but I think that I think this episode elevated it
1: I agree with you it kind of makes it all worth it I I would say the last three episodes have been good episodes yes if I remember correctly it was finale then the daredevil episode and then the one before that was when she went to the like retreat with right uh abomination that was that pretty was funny. the first ep- that was the first episode of the show where i was like this shows this this is pretty good yeah it's really fun i love the subversion of expectations where it was like we kept i kept i think we all kept waiting for a meal to like actually i've been evil the whole time Break his but i he, He's got me convinced now that he's just genuinely a chill guy. Yeah, he's got me convinced. It might it might all come back to bite me, but yeah, I really loved that episode. And then of course the Daredevil episode was awesome. I think Daredevil was great in the show. And then this finale was just a great episode of TV and of 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 Marvel, and made it all worth it. But what it leads me to say is this. I feel like the first five episodes of this show, and this is harsh kind of wasted my time that's what I felt like at the end of watching every episode personally like at the end of every episode as it was coming out I was like I why did I watch especially watching these last three now where it's I almost feel like and I'd love to get someone's perspective on this I I don't know we'd have to find someone who's been living under a rock but (laughs) just have them watch the last three episodes and tell me what they think um, and see if it makes a difference in how they feel about the show I I, again I'm being cynical I did it it was a good show all the way through it it certainly wasn't bad I wish there was some more lawyer stuff some more courtroom drama I I think would have been really cool but this finale really does redeem the show in a lot of ways of just being a really cool chapter in the MCU I agree and I love She-Hulk herself I think the actress is doing a great job I love Jen she has a lot of character and I am excited to see more of her in the MCU and the finale did some cool stuff.
0: Yeah. So I, yeah, I thought the, I mean, I think the casting was great. I, I can't wait to see her in more stuff and I can't wait to see her in some bigger stuff where, you know, they definitely went for a certain style with this show that kind of leans into campy humor sometimes, which, which is fun. I, you know, I, I like stuff like that. And I like some, you know, I talked about this on something we did on YouTube, maybe our last She-Hulk review we did, where it, it just went for being a modern sitcom. The problem is, is that sitcoms, are like really good sitcoms, are really hard to make. When, like when you look at mm-hmm. sitcoms as a whole, like, you can look across at each year and pick out one or maybe two some years that you have a really good sitcom out there. Mm-hmm. You know, except when you go back. I mean, there was obviously, like, the the era of, like, like, TGIF era where you had this whole slew of, like, pretty good sitcoms on at one time. And then you had the era where you had Seinfeld and Friends running mm-hmm. at the same time and, and things like that. But... I don't, if I had to bet without knowing the statistics, I would bet that more sitcoms get canceled every year or don't make it past their pilot every year than any other genre.
1: I agree, especially cause sitcoms it's now they some sitcoms have like moved to the streaming thing. Like there's a lot of sitcoms and stuff on Netflix. It's just who's watching that. Right. Um, but like the, the typical sitcom structure of like putting it on CBS or NBC or whatever, like people just don't watch television like that anymore. And, and sitcoms are really formulated to that. Uh, sitcoms work really well with like 20 episode seasons coming out once a week for a few months. Sitcoms are not really built for an eight episode structure.
0: No, they're not,
1: um, but they're also they're not,
0: not built for this continued story arc structure.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, so they're trying to balance it, but everything just kind of falls. Name the best sitcom of the last 10 years. The Office. All right, name another one.
0: As far as great sitcoms, I mean, like... Right, that's... I mean, you had what? The the Big Bang Theory, Modern, Modern Family.
2: Family. The Goldbergs is really fun.
0: The Goldbergs is a great show, but it's not... That's it true. has never achieved that level of success A success that the other shows have mm-hmm. i think that the goldbergs is actually better than modern family or um
1: the parks big bang Rack theory
0: or parks and rec i oh, think yeah. the, parks and rec yeah i think the goldbergs is a great show but honestly since the office which admittedly the office might be the greatest sitcom of all time like you can make really since strong i arguments. love lucy maybe You can make really strong arguments for The Office being, it's certainly elevated up there with things like Seinfeld and Friends. I don't know if we've had anything on that level since it went off the air.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you. We we haven't. So I was just trying to help you make your point there of like, sitcoms are not, it's hard. It's really hard to make a great sitcom. Yeah. I think most sitcoms
0: that make it multiple seasons fall in the very mediocre Mm. category, which Mm. is where this fell. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's a show. I can watch it. It's 30 minutes long. It keeps my interest. I get a couple of laughs an episode, and, and then it's over. Described
1: now, a Big Bang Theory. R-
0: yes, 100%. <laughs> I, think, I think I literally just described like 99% of sitcoms.
1: Yeah. I mean, and look, I would love, if Marvel went full out, like really own it, I'd love a sitcom set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, 100%. Um, Let's do the office, like, the way the camera's set up and everything like that, but with She-Hulk in her law office. Well, you know, uh,
0: there was rumors for a while that that's exactly what they were going to do with damage control.
1: That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been cool. No one would have watched it, probably, but that would have <laughs> been cool.
0: Yeah, that because those were in the days before Kevin Feige took over the TV side, so I don't know what that would have mm-hmm. actually been. But, like... You know, the well, because DC like,
2: tried to do the same thing with an office show set in the DC universe. Remember, Alan, yeah. Alan Tudyk was the boss. He was related to Aquaman.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah, I can't think of the what name was of that, that? show. Um, oh my god, I forgot it had, that existed. Uh, it had Danny Foodie from from Community, and yes. that's the <laughs> show I didn't name. I should have named Community in that list of great sitcoms.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a oh, I forgot that existed, Marisha. That's amazing. Mm-hmm.
2: But it I came thought, out right after they started talking about like whenever there were lots of conversations about Damage Control being a sitcom, and I think that that one just kind of crashed and burned. And they were like, oh, maybe or, never mind.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's exactly what happened. Was decent, like they went for it over there first, and uh, everybody else kind of went. Yeah, maybe that's not the best idea. But it was also right there about the time that the they had the big shakeup at Marvel and uh, the TV side was reintegrated into Marvel Studios.
2: It's right about the time that um, uh, Ages of Shield ended, huh? Um, it was all there around the same time. It's got, wasn't it, it yeah. It, it, it was Powerless. around there. We're
1: sort of wrapping up and. Um, and that was when a lot of stuff like came, like there are, there are a lot of MC there's a lot of MCU content um, that nobody's ever seen. Like the runaways. Right. Yeah. That was a show. Anyone remember that? Um, I mean, I think we watched the first season. You, only
0: since you mentioned cool. it. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay. So that one, I got just so tired of the like CW teen drama. Who's sleeping with who today? and they're all like 14.
1: That's just very like, CW.
0: I
2: just I it just got to be too much after a while.
0: So that that show that we the DC show was called Powerless. Mhm. Uh oh, it yeah. it ran one it, whole season. One season. Um yeah. it had Vanessa Hudgens, Danny Pudi, Alan Tudyk were the three biggest names on it. Mm. Um except I do see that at some point Adam West made an appearance
1: nice that's fun yeah but you know i think if marvel really wanted to like pick a superhero and make a sitcom about it she hulk was the best choice and they didn't go all the way with it
0: yeah um, they have announced that they've already started work on a season two
1: awesome and there's there's all the opportunity for 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 that to to work, um, uh, yeah. like let's just. I want to tune in to She Hulk season two, and it's an episode of The Office, but mm-hmm. in her law office, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, well, you could even or, do
0: that, even if you didn't do that with her. I think you set up some other people in that office, uh, like Pug Pug. Like, oh my I think gosh. you set up some good characters. The like, no, I haven't heard anybody talk about her boss yet. But, like, he was he was cracking me up because, like, whoever was talking to him, he's just, like, completely disinterested, like, eating, whatever, you know, just sitting there kind of staring off into space, just completely ignoring what's the person talking to him. And I, I got a huge kick out of that. Now, yeah. he was always on his phone or his computer, and I was convinced that he was going to be part of Intelligentsia, but they, did, they ended up not going there. Mm-hmm.
1: That's yeah. That's a great point. That that character was great. I really liked him. Um, I liked the paralegal, uh, Nikki. Yeah.
2: So Nicole, who's done a couple of those um, She-Hulk reviews with us, is convinced that she's going to turn out to be some kind of villain.
0: Yeah. So I think I think Nicole got her answer in this finale and oh, did I, she? I, won't, I won't go any further than that all right mm-hmm. all right we'll move on then because
2: y'all are both being uh, very cryptic so we'll just... i just
0: i've really i am really determined not to sp- i'm not i'm determined to not spoil the best episode of this show for you
2: that's fair
1: that's fair right so yeah maybe we should move on and before what we says still...
2: something i'll regret yeah
1: <laughs> while we're still talking about marvel uh let's 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 stick to that, and let's jump into our Werewolf by Night discussion. Yes. So, we've all seen this one. I just finished watching it like 30 minutes ago. Mm Mm-hmm. I I don't even know where to start. (laughs) So, I'll I'll let Marisha start with this one, since you couldn't really talk about She-Hulk. What did you think about Werewolf by Night? So, I've never
2: been... Like, I've seen some kind of... Okay, I've seen enough parodies of classic horror that I kind of, you know, was kind of, uh, I was prepared for the tone, I think. Um, Not that I don't think I've ever actually sat down and, like, watched Dracula or any, any like, classic. I
0: I tell you who, I love 30s and 40s horror. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think I found my uh, new ho- old school horror watching buddy though, because Iana loved this. Oh yeah, she was she was a big fan.
2: But I really I really enjoyed this show. It was one that, unlike some other things we've kind of talked about. We did watch it first, but it was one that was fun to watch with the kids because it wasn't too gory. It wasn't too graphic. You know, there was nothing that we couldn't sit down at all. I mean, you know, we had some kind of little horrified faces when she started pulling stuff out of the casket. Um, but <laughs> yeah. overall, it was a fun one to sit down and watch with the kids. And I really enjoyed um, Jack. Like, he was, you know, in spite of the fact that the tone was was kind of campy. Um, Mm -hmm. like whenever he, like he, 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 he comes up and he grabs the, the bars to the cage and says, please just kill me like this. And it was like, it was like, that was the, you know, because you were just kind of wondering like, okay, like how, like, what kind of person is he? Like, clearly he's got some compassion for the, um, Mm -hmm. the monster. So like, he's, he's got that going, but like at that moment where he, he says, you know, please just kill me like this. It's like that's the moment where you realize that he is a legitimately a good enough person that he would rather die than kill all of these really admittedly terrible people around him. Because, mm-hmm. like, he knows if they push this that... And I think he's primarily worried about... um Elsa. About Elsa, yeah, but you but he says if if you do this then there will be no mercy. You know, and
1: mm-hmm.
2: that was just that was I that was so compelling to me. Um because you know, you've seen a lot of characters, you know, like I mean Elsa's clearly um and she's got a code, but she's also her code mostly seems to consist of don't screw me over. Um, and so I thought they were a really interesting dynamic together because she's kind of got the she's kind of got the self interested thing going. If you screw me on this, then I'm gonna kill you both. You know, just like mm-hmm. just real upfront that You know, she may not be the kind of person her father was, but she's also not to be messed with. So anyway, I, I really thought they had a really good dynamic. I really enjoyed their dynamic together. Um, And the, you know, the, the the guy in the Ulysses Bloodstone in the casket, that one was a little unexpected. Uh, That was really something. But I just enjoyed, I really enjoyed the whole thing. It was a, it was a really interesting um, watch so
0: yeah there were a lot of little nods and i would it it would take me a long time to go through there and pick out all the nods to horror the horror genre but one of my favorites was when he burst through the top of the cage Mm -hmm. and they're looking and it did the x-files like Mm -hmm. the um pizzicato yeah um, I mean, straight up just mm-hmm. did the, and, and it was the beauty of having a guy that's a music guy. This is a composer. Yes. Making mm-hmm. this show, and the attention to detail in the sound was mm-hmm. just incredible. Yeah. Song choices were top notch. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. The whole having the um, composer and the director as the same person, it was like, that's pretty impressive. You know, like that's just next level. Cool. Music. Is whenever you, your director is also your
0: composer. Yeah. But there was a, there was a show back, I guess, probably in the nineties called tales from the crypt.
1: Yes.
0: You had the crypt keeper. That was the dead body in the casket that would, you know, was the, the host. Okay. And I'm, I'm like, that had to be a Crypt Keeper reference to have him mm-hmm. uh, introduce the event that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, definitely. Because this was very Tales from the Crypt, and and that's what I loved about it. This, this what was it? They called it a special?
0: Yep. Yeah, Marvel on, Studios on, special presentation, I think.
1: Yeah, that's so fun. This worked on so many levels Mm -hmm. um i love that it was called like marvel studio special presentation because it made me feel instantly like i was sitting in a movie theater Mm -hmm. and and now the projector's rolling yeah and they did that with the aesthetic and and the fonts Mm -hmm. and everything and the music and and yeah it worked on so many levels as in it worked as just a like little fun halloween story that i'll probably watch again on halloween because it's great for that mood Mm -hmm. it worked as a fun corner of the marvel universe mm-hmm. that we don't talk about a lot but this, this is still going on mm-hmm. um, it worked as a shout out to lots of comic lore it worked as just a one hour one and done fun story and it worked as a great pilot for a werewolf by night slash man thing slash elsa bloodstone tv show yeah that i'd love to see (laughs) watching uh uh, jack um uh go save monster he's a monster hunter but he saves them that's i mean like i'm sure that's been done before but i i really liked him a lot like you said i like ted a whole lot um and i like elsa a lot and and i'd love to see that story um he reminded me a lot of constantine in a way mm-hmm. uh not yeah. of like the character. like he's not the same character as Constantine Constantine right. is not nearly that nice but mm-hmm. um the this character of like this this guy um seemingly normal guy except for like the weird face tattoos but the seemingly normal guy in this situation with magic and mysticism and he's friends with monsters and he um and and, and stuff like that I it reminded me of the Constantine show a lot and I liked that show uh, it got canceled for like ten episodes, but I liked Constantine, and I love John Constantine as a character. Mm-hmm. And um, I would love a a show with, um, Jack here, and Ted like going around the Marvel Universe, getting in fun adventures, and saving monsters, and exploring that side of, of the universe. Right. Um, well, and, and this is kind characters. of our
0: first look of the side of things the this world that we can see blade exploring down the road mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um which we have to wait an extra year for now i don't know if
1: y'all saw that i did i did see that that's turning out to be quite uh i don't want to call it a disaster yet because that seems a little harsh I, I
0: think they made the right decision i and, you know because it was supposed to start filming in like two weeks yeah and they lost their director and they could have rushed it and just said, we're going to get a guy and we're going to still get it out on time. I'm glad mm-hmm. that they said, let's put a pause on that and give it an extra year. Uh, mm-hmm. I hate to wait that long for it, but I think they made the right decision mm-hmm. uh, to save it
1: there. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you, but no, I would, I definitely, El, I, I think Elsa Bloodstone's definitely got to be in that blade movie. Mm-hmm. Um I hope so, at least. Yeah, I no, I, I, think I,
0: she, I think she will be.
1: Did anybody else see Elsa, and not just because of her looks, but just her attitude also as it went on, did it remind you of Jessica Jones?
0: Hmm. I, a little bit, but I think some of it was just because she looks remarkably like the actress. Laura Donnelly looks in a a whole lot like the actress that played Jessica Jones.
1: Yeah, I mean, when I first saw the trailer, I had to take a double take. Like, <laughs> it looked a lot like Jessica Jones. And then, like, the leather jacket and, mm-hmm. and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And, and then I think her attitude was yeah. very Jessica Jonesy. But, yeah, yeah so I just, I, I want to make sure I wasn't the only one who saw that, like, that she looks just like Jessica Jones, just like Christian Ritter. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was really
2: like, just excited to see, she's such a good actress, and... I've watched, so she was in Outlander, but she was also in that abysmal Beowulf show. Uh-huh. She was Grendel's mother. And like this show was terrible. She was great, but the show was so bad. And she was in Britannia, which was also terrible, but she was great. So I was really excited to finally see her in something that it was yeah. like, and she was a really not a very likable character in Outlander either. So I was finally glad to see her in something where she kind <laughs> of shines.
0: Right. Right. Well, I mean, she's a character. Like, I think she could be a great character going forward. Uh, I want to see more of more of her character. Like, mm-hmm. she's one that if we ever do a Midnight Suns uh, mm-hmm. movie or show or anything, she's one that could show up there. Or, mm-hmm. um, I think there's a whole bunch of places you could have her show up. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, and I liked her a lot, but mostly I, I want to see more Man-Thing. I want to see more Ted.
0: They did such absolute highlight,
1: Mm -hmm. such an incredible job. The way his powers looked, the way he looked, I loved it all being in black and white. But I also, as a modern day man, I did appreciate having that, like last five minutes in color to, like, see what what it actually is supposed to all look like. Well, it was great, Um,
0: bringing because it's kind of like you have this thing that stands on its own but they used that transition to color to mm-hmm. pull it into the MCU. That's with- exactly
1: what it was. And then the whole the whole time with the bloodstone being the only thing with mm-hmm. color red, freaking beautiful. I love mm-hmm. that detail. And then to have the color the, the color literally sprouted from the stone. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, it it just transitioned really really well. Um Well, the music choice. Oh yeah, and yeah. it was
2: like, I mean, what what better you know, the most iconic switch from black and white to color. You know, it's like, I mean, it, it'll never be done. What? I mean, just, I know this is what we're talking about, but man, how innovative was that in the thirties?
0: Oh, Wizard of Oz? Yes, yeah. to
2: have well, the movie in black and white up until they get to Oz.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, that's one of those. I did I mean, that episode with uh Ro and Chantel a few months ago where we... should. uh ch- shows the 10 most influential movies ever made yeah and that was all i mean that was top of everybody's list
1: yeah well it had to have been number two because number one is morbius (laughs) (laughs) obviously (laughs) which by the way it's a shame that sony made that movie because like look morbius sucks that movie sucks the character's not great but like this is where Amorbius can fit in really, really well in, in Marvel. Oh, Is yeah. in stuff like this.
0: Yeah, no, that would... There are so many characters. I mean, as soon as I watched it, I the first thing I tweeted after I watched it was, okay, what story are we letting Michael Giacchino tell next year for Halloween? Mm-hmm. Like, this was just yeah. so good. Like, and this is something that... This will become something that I will pull out at Halloween time every mm-hmm. year and
1: watch. Hocus pocus. Uh, yeah, it's very exciting. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, can we this talk is a about great the example of
1: like Marvel doing something different and letting directors doing something yep. different, but it's still mm-hmm. working? Like, there's yep. a lot of examples of that in Phase Four. I think of like directors kind of getting to do their own thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's fallen a little flat a couple of times, mm-hmm. and so this is. This was like a, a nice um, reminder that it's worth letting the directors do that. Yes, absolutely. It, it, I mean, Even this was such a, a home
2: run. Sometimes. You know, just on so many levels, um, and like you said, I think it's it's a good kind of just, just hey, just 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 a reminder that even if it doesn't always go perfectly, this thing is worth doing because eventually you use the exact same formula for everything. And no matter how great it works today, people are eventually going to get tired of it. Mm. So as long as Marvel continues to be willing to do this kind of thing, I think that it, it that they will continue to have success.
0: Well, and that's, that's the thing. And, and I think that there are growing pains, obvious growing pains in phase four, um, but I think that they have really, sh- I think, I, I really feel like uh, Kevin Feige looked and said, okay, I hear you. We're doing everything. Everything's formulaic. Mm-hmm. Like, we can venture out from there. It hasn't always worked, but they have shown that they will try it. Yeah. Uh, And I think this was the first instance. Of course, I think they've had just general growing pains with their TV stuff anyway. But they went very different with She-Hulk, which I think could have been better, but I think largely worked. Mm -hmm. I think that this is an absolute home run. This may be my, this may be one of my, behind Spider-Man, this may be my favorite thing in Phase 4.
1: Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of people say that, and, and I, I agree so far. I mean, like I said, I only saw thirty minutes ago, so I'm still kind of high off of it. But yeah, uh, look, it was an hour long, and I breezed through it. It didn't feel like an hour. No, yeah, and, absolutely. You know, some of these TV shows, and I have enjoyed them all. Some of them, I'm watching. I'm I'm looking at the clock. Yeah. You know? Um. And 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 this like breezed through tremendously. I, it was such a joy to watch. And uh, was was genuinely just so well made, and 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 so it was so well made while also being different while also just being good, like just a good story with good characters mm-hmm. that were clearly defined, and to be able to do that in only an hour is is really impressive. Right. I mean, like I said, it, it's 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 like a really 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 good pilot.
0: Yeah. And the the craftsmanship was just top notch, um, the 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 camera work, the lighting was the the especially oh, yeah. using the the flashing lights when he changed, mm-hmm. like once he changes to the werewolf, the lighting was. I honestly like we don't get to enjoy a, a lot of black and white stuff, so it's. Um, it, for people that never watch black and white stuff, it might be hard to explain, but like the lighting in that stuff was just absolutely phenomenal.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really. What do you think about how uh, the werewolf looked? I thought
0: it looked great. I think if we want to come back and we want to, I think if we're gonna add, if we're ever gonna add werewolf tonight to a big Marvel feature, I think they're gonna have to do a little more. But I mm-hmm. think for the way it was shot, for what it was supposed to be, I thought it looked great.
1: Maritha, what did you think?
2: Um, the first time I saw I was really expecting like Teen Wolf. Is like whenever I was expecting.
0: You Ooh, know, like, like Michael, J. Fox, Michael
2: J. Fox, Teen Wolf, you know. And I was like, okay, it's gonna be bad. So um it was it was better than I was envisioning it looking. Like I thought they were gonna go campier than they did so the degree into mm-hmm. which they did kind of still go pretty campy didn't bother me and I think the second time I found it even less distracting than I did. the first time it was like that's ah, pretty that's pretty campy but the second time I watched it I think I found it less distracting
0: yeah I think they did a good job with it they didn't overdo it uh with the costume I think that they used a lot of really creative lighting where you didn't mm-hmm. necessarily get a look at mm-hmm Him in the light,
2: and it was, but that also kind of plays into the monster trope because it's really you're more afraid of what you think it is than what it actually
0: is.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But I, you know, it's I, I just thought it was fun because like it's very much, and I don't know anything about the comic, Werewolf by Night comic. Like literally, the only factoid I know about werewolf by night is that that's where moon Knight first appeared i don't know anything about the comic but they played on this very frankenstein's monster trope of frankenstein's monsters not the bad guy the villagers are
2: yeah Yeah. Uh, so what did you think about the look david
1: i thought he looked really really cool um it it was not what i was expecting i was expecting more wolf-like yeah um Mm. i was expecting for him to be you know, have like a, a, a snout or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, here, I was expecting, and, and this is kind of my own fault for not, because I, I haven't read many, very many Werewolf by Night comics. What I've read is Man Wolf comics, which is a different <laughs> character. Uh, Man Wolf is actually J. Jonah Jameson's son. <laughs> oh, okay. um, no. And that character is like more wolf like. Okay. It's like a wolf, but with like a humanoid body and, and okay. but it has like the head of a wolf. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was kind of expecting something more like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and 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 even even in the werewolf by Night comics that that I'm looking at right now, sometimes it's just like it was in the show. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it's more wolf like. It really just depends on who's drawing mm-hmm. it. but yeah. um, I, I overall, am very happy with the way it looked. I think it's actually a great, um, translation, especially like, you know, him keeping the pants like mm-hmm. he did. Um, mm-hmm. I think he could have used a little bit more fur on his face, but that's just nitpicking. Yeah. That's purely nitpicking. Um, I, I liked it. I really did like it a lot overall. And, and I would love to see werewolf by night, uh, in, uh, like a movie and, and a little bit more of a budget. Maybe I think we can all agree though, that they nailed man thing. You don't got to make a single improvement. I, I don't that. know
0: how they could have done it any better. Mm-hmm. Now. I think what's really cool is they used a practical suit with a CGI overlay, mm-hmm. but you See, have, I did not know that. Yeah. So you basically have this practical suit on set. So you get to in camera you can see the way the light works. on. Oh, that's one of the things that often messes CGI up mm-hmm. is that you take this thing that's created outside of the set and then put in and you don't get the light doesn't look right on them. It's part well, of what makes them look like cartoons is the light doesn't fall right on them. But when you have the practical thing on set, mm-hmm. even if you 100% replace it, mm-hmm. you know exactly what the lighting should look like on yeah. that suit and so i thought that was one of the brilliant things that they did was using a largely practical costume mm-hmm. and then using CGI to enhance it
2: yeah
1: and and it came out looking spectacular it really did, it did.
0: and i want to know like i mean you know man things one of those that i mean heck we could run into man thing like again real soon I, if they choose to have him i mean isn't he like like a nexus guardian in the multiverse
1: he is extremely important he's basically earth yeah hmm. um like uh, you know uh, if you know swamp thing in dc right. mm-hmm. man thing is swamp thing uh, okay. i think they were created by the same i think they were both created uh, you know, by
0: the the weird thing about person. that is i was looking i was watching something or reading something earlier and they dropped so close. They came out so close together. I'm not sure if the same person created them or not. Man I'm thing originated two months ahead of Swamp Thing. Wow.
1: That's crazy. And they're both super cool. Um, kind of I'm looking up who created Swamp Thing. Because uh, Man Thing, no, they were not created by the same person at all. Hmm. Uh Okay, for I had it in my head they were both created by Jack Kirby, but that's that's all. That's probably only because um, Jack Kirby worked for both Marvel and DC, Mm -hmm. so that's probably where I was getting it in my head. Um, But no, Man Thing was was Stan Lee actually, Mm -hmm. and and Jerry Conway. He has a lot of people credited to creating Man Thing, Um, but yeah, no, he's he's like a Nexus being. He's extremely important, and like the in the cosmic world in the super and then the supernatural world he's he's basically a god right hmm. um and the he, it's I, I would say that he's similar to like the panther god hmm. in in black panther okay um uh and, and his importance like there were people who worshiped him um Interesting. down in the swamps of of florida uh and in, in the glades and stuff. But yeah, no man thing is, is very, very important. I don't know if they're going to make them that important in the MCU, but I think it'd be really cool if they did.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I
1: agree. Uh, or he might just be a monster and, and that's that, but I do really want to see him again.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I had to look to see who played, who played man things. It's Carrie Jones, uh, who i guess i know mostly from the walking dead
1: oh that makes sense
0: who do you play in the walking dead he's
1: also
2: a makeup artist like a yeah
0: it actually looks like walking dead it looks like he played some probably looks like he mostly played zombies um Uh, but i've seen this name but apparently he's like a big time makeup artist nice nice so which makes sense why they went and got somebody like that to work on the character
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. It's really cool.
0: Yeah,
2: that's pretty interesting.
1: But yeah, overall, I think we're all very, very happy with Werewolf by Night, mm-hmm. um and we are excited to see where this goes, and and to see another another one next year. Because you know, mm-hmm. for a long time, and this is kind of what Werewolf by Night kind of came from, from my understanding. It's it's it all ties back to that era of comic books where it was. A lot of horror and a lot of like monsters and a lot of, um, a lot of like, uh, strange tales Mm -hmm. issue 10 featuring this character. Uh, and and I'd love to see stuff like that, these sort of vignettes. I think that's a really, really cool Mm -hmm. idea. Yeah. No, I definitely, I
0: definitely want to see more stuff like this done. And I want to see Michael Giacchino do more stuff. Mm hmm.
1: Yeah, apparently he's a great director as as well as a great um composer. So so maybe really we'll get some of
2: him. those because I I know that um there were like a couple of short runs of Star Wars comics that were kind of horror themed. Wouldn't that be fun if we could get some cuz he he did, he like wrote Tales one from Vader's Castle. Yeah, Tales from like Vader's that. Castle yeah. kind of thing. Oh. Wouldn't that be cool?
1: Yeah. Or like uh something on um Darth Yes. Yeah, like a like a horror themed thing there. Yep. And then, and then there are cool.
0: things they could literally. I mean, they could do something like this every October for the next fifty years if they wanted to. From just from the mm-hmm. Marvel Cinematic Universe monsters.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I I'd love to see like a sort of horror star Wars thing. I don't know if it would go quite, well, you know, Marvel is, is built for doing weird and different things like that. And all yeah. fitting star Wars kind of has its thing. It's star Wars. Like, and you could do different things with star Wars as we've seen with like Andor and stuff, but I think it's a harder thing to do.
0: I think it'd be a harder sell, but I, I think I I would, I, I would love to see as a big star Wars fan, I would love to see them try it.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, I think I, I, I think back to Jedi fallen order. The like the final level of that game when Vader shows up, that was a horror sequence. Like when you're running from Vader at the end, cause he's just so freaking powerful that like, you don't even get a chance to try to fight him. Cause there's no way. And, and he's, and he's running and it's, it's, I was genuine like tense and scared and it was, it was horror in, in a way. Um, I think if you took something like that and, and tweaked it a little bit and did something with cinematography and, you know, there or you know, of course, there's the Rogue One um scene with Darth Vader. There's right. There's ways you could do it with Star Wars. That yeah. would be very cool. It doesn't have to just be Vader either. I mean, it could be a a um rebel pilot crash lands on a planet that is unexplored mm-hmm. and they're like a weird alien is chasing them through the forest. Right. And they have yeah. to like survive, make it like make it predator but Dude. but star wars mm-hmm. um like that that would be awesome i think and then just just trying to serve up make it prey but like star wars right. where yeah. like they're crashing and all they got's a blaster and they're droid mm-hmm.
0: yeah i mean i i think i would love to see someone look at Star Wars as a bigger picture thing like that where you can tell that's the thing and maybe Andor is kind of the beginning of it but I kind of doubt it Um, is where we can look at the Star Wars universe a lot like and and somebody's going to mishear this I'm not saying that Star Wars should be just like the MCU but I think lessons are there to be learned from the MCU and you should be able to look at the star Wars universe and tell slightly different genres of story within that world, because it's this big detailed world and you should be able to have different types of stories. We're doing a spy thriller. You should be able to do heist movies, uh, which we kind of did with solo, uh, but they didn't really lean into it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that there is room for a lot of different, where you don't have to be on the big galactic scale all the time. Fighting, Mm -hmm. you know, rebels, fighting the empire. You can scale it down and and do something smaller and still be very Star Wars and very fun. Mm -hmm. And, uh... I want to see Die Hard, but Star Wars. (laughs) Right, well, the one I I always go to is one of my favorite directors that I talk about on here all the time is Edgar Wright. Um... I look at something like Edgar Wright's Baby Driver, which is a great action film, heist film. And I would love to see something like that set within the Star Wars universe. Mm -hmm. Because I think you can take any kind of story like that and wrap it in Star Wars and still tell a really fun Star Wars story. Yeah. And I think that's the... I think that's where we're at right now with star Wars is a lack of imagination as to what this galaxy can be. It's very short sighted. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Lots of interesting thoughts that I agree with coming out of this werewolf by night discussion, but I appreciate that's the, that's the beauty of the science fictionary podcast. Um, But we are coming up on our hour. We might actually be over it. I don't think we're quite there yet, we got
0: about 10 minutes to hit the hour All
1: right, cool, cool. I mean, I'm not trying to rush or anything, but I I would just like to say that we could, unless you guys have any more final thoughts, because I know all three of us can keep rambling on and following this train of thought, but do you have any final thoughts before we move on to this uh, uh, Rings of Power discussion? Uh, Not really. My main thought would be that
0: I hope that we didn't just introduce these three characters in Elsa, Jack, and Man-Thing to not see them again for two years, like or three years. Right. Like, I want to find out that something's coming where we're going to see some of these characters again, and I want to see them soon.
2: And maybe, maybe they were waiting to see how the show did, and I think it's been really well received. I, don't I think
0: we're the only people that liked it. I have seen almost nothing but positive things about it.
1: Yeah, especially like I've seen critically, it's very, very, um, it's being praised a lot, which the MCU really hasn't had. Oh, since, I think like, yeah, endgame. Yeah,
0: I think this thing wins awards.
1: Right. That's what. Yeah. Like. Like. This is the kind of thing. You know how Martin Scorsese was like the MCU isn't cinema. This is the kind of thing this that is they could cinema. shut
0: him up. Yeah, yeah. This is this deserves to win awards for a number of things, but I mean, first and foremost in my mind would just be the cinematography
2: and the music. Man, that Set design, that flaming tuba, that was. In in that recurring, yeah. you know, through that was that was sound really design. Something.
0: I mean, if this doesn't win a sound design award, then I don't even know what's going on. Mm-hmm.
1: It, yeah, I, I don't know what it would be. Would it be nominated in like like for the Emmys or for the Oscars? What does it I count as?
0: I don't know because they called it a TV movie, but it's only forty five minutes long. I think.
1: Yeah, if you take away the credits, it's only about that long. Yeah. So
0: I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure what what category it falls into because it's also limited series. It's also right. I would think that that's probably makes the most sense. But it's can you call it a series if there's only one episode? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now it's it's just limited. And there was no, there was no cutscene. I was. I'm glad they didn't. Like I didn't want anything to pull me out of this like cool thing that they created perfect ending mm-hmm. and like i i like sitting in the theater and waiting for the cutscenes. even though half the time they're just to make fun of us for still sitting there mm. but we have had some pretty huge cutscenes over the years in in marvel stuff i was so glad that they didn't put one in this episode or yeah. this show this movie mm-hmm they just let it be its own thing and it was fantastic. But I, I think that pretty much sums up what I have to say about it. I just want to see the characters again. Yep. I agree.
1: Awesome. So we'll move on to our next point of discussion. So the ring, Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. I have only seen the first two episodes. Okay. I i I try I found some time. I watched those two. I haven't been able to find more time. Andrew and Marisha, y'all are caught up, correct? Correct
0: yes yeah we've actually the the finale is in about an hour and 45 minutes
1: Mm -hmm. awesome so before the show started before we started recording here i mean andrew told me that he has uh, a bit of news that that we could talk about that uh i can that that you can have a discussion about without having fully seen the show so um that's where i fit in here uh andrew uh what is what is this uh topic you so, have for us
0: so we kind of got some news the other day as we uh were closing in on the finale that uh season two went into production last week they started shooting last week Woo which is great news until you start thinking about it and go man that's this is big this is like because of the scope of it and how big it is... How much CGI it How got. much goes into it, they just started shooting it. That means we're not getting this next fall. Well, apparently, some people that were... Some reporters kind of picked up on that, too. They asked the showrunners... The, uh, they were talking to the showrunners, talking about season two. And he remarked that, well, you know, season two is still a couple of years away.
1: Yeah, so... I had a big roller coaster of thoughts there because, like, like you said, you hear, oh, it started, reco- it started filming, woo, and then you start to realize, why hasn't it already been filming though? Yeah, it should be done. Film like the av- like most shows. Like, if you're doing multiple seasons, like as season one's coming out, you're you're filming season two already, like, right. mm-hmm. or or you're even you're done filming season two and it's in post production yeah. now. What that says to me is that they didn't have faith that this would make them money. Yep. And they wanted to see how the show did for a few weeks before starting filming. Yeah.
0: I 100% agree with that. I think that that was a wait and see. I think that when we get to next, I think now they're just going to crank the machine up and make the show. I think that mm-hmm. after the I think we're gonna have a two year gap here, which is really unfortunate for a TV show. Uh to have a two-year gap. Yeah. I, I I don't feel like that ever benefits the show in any way except to for people to lose interest. Yeah. Um uh, there that has happened. We saw that a lot right around COVID, but it's also happened a lot with streaming series where we've had a lot of streaming series that have had big gaps in their um in their series and I, I never feel like it it is beneficial. No. Uh, but I, I do think you're right. I think it was, they were investing so much money that they had to wait and see how it went, gauge the reactions and figure out probably what they wanted to tweak going forward. Well, because I mean, the and, thing and is what they
1: wanted the budget to be going forward. Right.
2: Right. Well, because the thing is, the show was already picked
0: up for two seasons, right? Five. Five. OK, so like. Well, it's pre-planned as five seasons. But that didn't. I mean, it's Amazon. It's all them. They can cut it off anytime they want.
2: Right. But I think you're right. I think that especially with the kind of. I don't know what kind of drama went went on behind the scenes for this show before it even got into production good, but I know the show we got bears zero resemblance to the original premise that they gave us back when they first started talking about this show. Zero.
0: Well, we lost. None we, of the same lost, actors. Well, you remember at one point they fired the entire writing staff.
2: Yes. They fired the entire writing staff. They completely... Shut
0: down filming, scrapped everything.
2: Scrapped their... their they're actors, yeah. Everything, um, mm-hmm. and so, and then of course, whenever they started, finally, which and and they didn't start promoting this show really until kind of late in the game, you know, for what it is, and all they wanted to talk about was our original characters, like they they made some really huge blunders in the marketing of this show from the get go. They did. All They wanted to talk about was how relevant this was going to be to modern politics and how you know how it was going to be all about activism and you know, like what the actors were saying, but but a lot of these things were were getting into Vanity Fair and all that first Vanity Fair article. All they talked about was new character this, a new character that, and the characters that you don't are going to be so different. Which honestly hasn't proven to be the case for the show, but they generated so much negativity the thing is, with the
0: dialogue before the show even started. There's a lot of things where there were missteps. There have been other instances where mag, where magazines and, and the, these writers have just made stuff up. That is true. Pretty much every they, time a, I've been a, quoted a whole, in a newspaper, it's like, I didn't say that. But there was a whole article right as the show started about Halbrand and Galadriel as love interests. (laughs) And everybody freaked out. And it's like, somebody just made that up. Yeah. Like somebody at a big
1: magazine literally just made that up. There's been a, this is slightly off topic. There's been a very big problem I've noticed lately, especially when it comes to like this. Well, when it comes to this nerd stuff of people just making crap up because Mm -hmm. i think i think writers have realized that there's nothing stopping them from make just completely making something up saying putting the word confirmed in front of it
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and then having you click on the article and it's nothing yeah they still get their click money you know yeah they still get paid for it And, and and i think like writers have realized like wait a minute there's no repercussion for just lying
0: yeah and of course that's the lesson they've learned from the youtubers that are making stuff up but now you have big things like uh rolling stone vanity fair and hollywood reporter doing playing the clickbait game yeah
1: yeah it's really gross and i think that we need to do like a full episode on that of just talking about that because like especially with the mcu i'm sure y'all have seen that like yeah. It's rampant every mm-hmm. single day. There are these like, there, there are countless Twitter um, accounts that like try to make themselves seem like official, like MCU source or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. and, and, and they're just like confirmed Keanu Reeves will be playing Ghost Rider in Multiverse of Madness. Right, and it's like what's the source there isn't one yeah um and they don't care well that's
0: the same thing on the star wars side you've got accounts like mike zero who literally just like makes up headlines and posts like 10 videos a day but he's making bank on it yeah it's like i don't know I, i sort of feel like it's disgusting that people do it, but I sort of feel like it's the fault of the people that click on it.
1: Yeah, right. And, and, and it's the fault of people because, like, if you if you click on it, every single reply are people complaining about it. But it's like the real thing to do is to not reply at all. Yeah. Right? You because give them just the views, them you already
0: attention. gave them what they were after. Like you, you right. gave Yeah, them and if view. you
1: give them these replies, you're increasing their their reach, their inter- interactivity. They're gonna yeah, they're gonna show up on more pages. Like it's all it's all the algorithm, you know. Right. Yeah.
2: And, and that's, that's the thing, it, it hasn't become about like let's actually put information out there. It's become how can we play the algorithm?
0: Well, I think that's the problem. I think that the algorithm has the angry YouTuber. Mm -hmm. has learned to play the algorithm better than anybody, right? Yep. And they've left legitimate news sources trying to figure out how to catch up and Mm -hmm. get the same clicks. And unfortunately, their decision has been to play the game. Right, yep. Which just continues to feed the algorithm, which will just make more people do it.
2: I mean, like, we've personally seen, like, refusing to be the angry YouTuber...
0: It certainly won't grow your channel.
2: No. But I...
0: Although we've been getting some angry people in the chat.
2: Oh, yeah. I don't know why. Why? It's like, we're really nice people. Hey, look.
0: I I don't care if there's angry people in my chat. They're giving me view minutes. It's true. (laughs) Like...
2: (laughs) It's true. Um, Those
0: angry people are welcome to hang out in my chat during every show. (laughs) Um
2: but I do hope that um I hope that the finale tonight is really stellar.
0: It needs to be. It really really needs to it be really does. because we've just admitted you got at least a two year gap here. This yep. finale better be something.
2: You know, but I don't understand. Okay, here's here's part of what I'm trying to get my mind around at Amazon. You go out and you spend an absolute fortune getting wheel of time and getting lord of the rings you then proceed to piss off the entire fan base for two of the biggest fantasy ip's in existence yeah pick both of the shows up for multiple seasons before the first episode airs and then continue to go multiple years between seasons. Wheel of Time has been finished for over a year, well, and we still don't have a
0: release date for it. I, well, that, that screams to me that they're restructuring something. That I don't think it's finished, if that's the case. I, either that or they were just totally scared to release against things like House of the Dragon and... and yeah. Uh, It just, it
2: doesn't bode well for the company that has two of the biggest fantasy IPs in existence to be running things this way.
0: But the thing is, when you look at it, they, they are, they're run both questionably, but differently. Like Rings of Power has been a good show. I know it has its detractors, but those people decided they hated it before it ever came out. It's true. And... I mean, I'm going to be honest. If you go into anything with the mindset of this, is, of I'm going to hate this, yeah. you're probably going to hate it. Yep. But Rings of Power has been a good show. Mm-hmm. And people saying, oh, it's not Tolkien at all. They're very wrong. Like, it is very much in the spirit of Tolkien. Even mm-hmm. in the things that I'm like, ah, I wish they hadn't done that that way. Mm-hmm. It's now, still a very Tolkien story. Now, Wheel of Time has... Like I feel like Rings of Power's error was in their marketing mm-hmm. and in the things that the actors said along the way. Mm-hmm. Wheel of Time just like abandoned the books from the get.
2: Yeah, it was. It's it, it's completely re- retooled a lot of things. Now, granted, some of it needed retooling. Like there, are, and I'm sure there are going to be some pissy fanboys at me for saying this, but there are some things in Wheel of Time that are just straight up problematic. There just are. Okay, like thirteen volumes in. There really are the but the world is great, um, so I'm kind of okay with that, but I'm just not. They're just they're just making strange decisions in in dragging things out for so long. I guess that's that's really kind of where I'm coming down with it. Is like, I mean, so and maybe it is just that they were waiting till after season one came out for both of these shows to get a good feel for what they they might want to tweak for season two
0: i really think that that's the case and so i'm trying to not be too irritated about it yeah i'm a little irritated that i gotta wait two years to see this continuation of this show because i i had the same problem with stranger things Mm -hmm. like that long gap between those seasons was was rough yeah. It's like, you know, by the time it came around, I was like, I don't know if I care anymore. Now, once I watched it, I enjoyed it. You know, but I, I just like, I wasn't immediately like, oh, I can't wait to watch it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, I, you know, it's been forever. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't even know how I feel about it now. But I don't know. I do think there are valid reasons for why they waited. And I am hoping that that means that they are sorting through the the criticisms and and finding those that are valid.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's fair.
0: So, so I I do think that I I I'm hoping I would be willing to go out on a limb and say that once that once they now that they're shooting again, once they're done with principal photography on season 2, they'll take a break for a couple months and then go right back into season three and i don't think the thing is we could get right now we're looking at a two-year break but you're also looking at the possibility that the time between seasons actually decreases below a year Hmm. after season two comes out so i don't know but that was i just kind of wanted to know y'all's thoughts on it and uh you know, because it is one of those things. It's like, it wasn't news that anybody wanted to hear.
1: I, I don't know what else I could add to that conversation. I don't mean to just sit over here being silent, but <laughs> you guys summed up all the all the thoughts pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm just not going to have much more to say about it I can hurry up and finish the show. Uh, <laughs> there's just a lot for me to watch right now. Yeah. Um, hey, that's the, my... that's the
0: fun thing, though. There's so much on right now.
1: There is a lot on right now.
0: Because I feel like it had been since i it hit i mean it had it doesn't just feel like it had been it was before covid the last time i had this much stuff to watch on a weekly basis
2: mm-hmm.
1: definitely so I,
0: I think things are finally kind of back to normal as far as like having things to watch because mm-hmm. even when things started coming back it was like well you got this thing but like this other thing doesn't come out for another 10 months and right you know there was a there's been a good stretch of time here where we've had one thing at a time to watch
1: mm-hmm yeah um It it is all very exciting I mean you know um can't wait for that next season of Grey's Anatomy to come out I'm sure I'll be caught up on that as soon as it's out though <laughs> can't miss that
2: that or Big Brother
1: that or, I this season of Big Brother was wild bro uh <laughs> for sure <laughs> and I did watch Big Brother week to week actually um <laughs> But yeah, do you guys have any other final thoughts on on this stuff before we wrap up the show here tonight? There's a couple other little rumors going on in the nerdy world, but they're all just rumors right now. And we're already coming up on our hour, so I think that we can save those for another time. Unless y'all disagree.
0: No, I think that's reasonable. Yeah,
1: no, I think that's good. Awesome. Cool. Thanks. Do you guys, do you guys have any other thoughts before we wrap up the show here tonight?
0: I don't think so. But uh, if you're listening to us here, uh, definitely uh, go check out. We talked touched on some things here tonight that we will definitely be doing more on the YouTube channel for. So definitely go check those out.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely check out our YouTube channel uh, and don't forget to check back with us every every week uh, the, to see a new episode of the Science Fictionary Podcast. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the Science Fictionary Podcast. Andrew, wait, I'll go, Mar- Marisha. Where can people find you on the internet?
2: You can find me on Instagram at princesses underscore and underscore Padawans. And occasionally I am P Padawans on Twitter.
0: And Andrew. All right. You can find me running the Twitter account for this show at Psy underscore fictionary. You can drop us a line at the at gmail.com. You can also head over to the website, the where you can find all the podcasts links to the YouTube channels, uh there's even a a button at the bottom of the page where you can click and and drop us a voice message. And if it's relevant to the show, we may even use it during the show. So uh, be sure to go over there and check out the website. Uh, other than that, you can find our podcast as well as the rest of the Red Five podcast family at Red five network on Twitter.
1: And I am David underscore JG Peoples on Twitter. Guys, don't forget to leave us a like, a subscribe, a follow, a rate, a review, whatever it is you can do on your preferred podcast platform. Uh, It really helps a lot, and we really, really appreciate it. Again, don't forget to check out the Red 5 Network and all of our other shows. Thank you so much for listening. This has been David, Andrew, and Marisha. And remember, Morbius should have been in Werewolf by Night.